take a moment to read from Lord's Day 8. We recognize that it follows up on the Apostles' Creed from Lord's Day 7. And so that's something to keep in mind as we read through questions 24 and 25. This is on page 524 if you want to follow along in the book of praise, Lord's Day 8. Question 24 asks, how are these articles divided? And the answer is into three parts. The first is about God the Father and our creation. The second about God the Son and our redemption. The third about God the Holy Spirit and our sanctification. And question 25 asks, since there is only one God, why do you speak of three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? And the answer is because God has so revealed himself in his word that these distinct persons are the one true and eternal God. We are, again, thankful that we could read God's Word publicly today and glad that we could pray to God that His Word may be a blessing to us on this Lord's Day afternoon. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, I find it remarkable how often a lack of focus can get people into trouble. It happens to me as well. I know that when I drive down the road, and I, I think about it even on my trip here today, or not to the church here, but I should say over this past few days coming here from northwest Iowa, that and it's, in, it's inevitable that way. I can't do it. I'm just going to have to take people's word for it. Somebody might say to me, you ought to see what's out there on the side there. Take a look at that a moment, you know. And, and not that my wife would do that to me, but sometimes that can happen. And, or I find myself doing that. I'll, I'll look off to the side and think, boy, that's really fascinating. And inevitably what I find myself doing when I do that is I lose focus on what I should be doing is looking at what's in front of me. And for some reason, I can't keep things straight that way. And I'm, before I know it, I'm on rumble strips and I'm having to get myself back in between the lines because I'm, I'm looking where I shouldn't be. My focus is, is off-center. And I think a lot of us get caught in that. Again, the boys and girls may find that to be so if they're, they're playing a game and somebody's tossing them something and they're so eager to maybe think about tossing it back, they don't keep an eye on that ball that's come to them. They don't see it into their hands and they, they drop what's been tossed to them. Or you might not keep your eye on the ball when you're hitting, hitting a ball or maybe slapping a, a puck uh, and you're finding that you're whiffing on the, the shot or, or whiffing on the swing uh, and you're failing because you're not focused. And the same thing happens throughout life when it comes to faith. I think we all can when the Spirit is working in us and, and we're listening to the Word as we ought, if, if our focus is not where it belongs, on the salvation of the Lord, on the glory of the Lord, on the providence of, of God, where we don't keep God in the midst of whatever it is that we are seeing or on which we're focused, then we find ourselves in trouble. 
Our focus needs to be, as the Apostles' Creed tells us, and as our Word tells us, but, you know, primarily, to be on the triune God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Because when it's not, we're in trouble. And our life then is, is not lived like it ought to be lived. And, and we'll not be doing what we should be doing with a focus on God. And we certainly will not know the, the comfort that the, the scriptures speak about in our passage today or, or that we recite from the catechism. We won't know the comfort, the comfort of Christ if our focus isn't on God. And so this afternoon, we want to consider our calling to find the focus of comforting faith in the triune God who reveals himself in his word. And we first want to consider the, the calling to focus our faith on the triune God for the comfort of Christ to be ours. And so whether we're talking about the Apostles' Creed uh, the response to the word, or whether we're talking about this passage that we read, among others, the focus of faith is to be and is on the triune God. The Apostles' Creed focuses on the God of the promise, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This passage that we read focuses on God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers loved by the Lord, because from the beginning, God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Whether you're looking at the creed of the church or whether you're looking at the Scripture's testimony that, that moves us to make the confession that we do, the focus is on God and, and not us. And that's so very important. Because when our attention is shifted from God to us, the comfort of life disappears. One of the things that you know that the catechism wants to eliminate from the very outset, wants to hammer home in response to the word, what it wants to eliminate is a confidence in our own righteousness. And it, it seeks to pull out everything that we might say would be something on which we can depend, and it wants to take that away. The, the self-deception of our self-perception, where self-absorption rules the day. There's no gospel when we're absorbed in ourselves. By nature, taking the attention off ourselves, unfortunately, is distasteful. By nature, we don't want to shift our attention to God. It, it's appealing to be at the center of everything. It's a perverted gospel life that way, but it's appealing. But that's not the confession of the church. Because that's not the testimony of the scriptures. The focus of a comforted faith, faith is on the triune God. And our, and our passage is so clear about that. Often you know that the apostle conscientiously encourages and comforts the church of Jesus Christ, not by addressing directly what they have done, 
but what God has been doing in them and for them and through them. And this is a case in point right here. As he seeks to encourage the family of faith. It comes in the aftermath, right, of, of warning people not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by falsehood. He encourages the family of faith at that time by focusing on the truth of what God has done for them. It wasn't more than a few days ago that I had somebody who was text texting me from our congregation and they were, uh, they were discouraged because they had heard about some things that were happening politically in California uh, where some resolutions were being passed that were in... Uh, contrast to, to the ways in which believers and Christians would promote family. It had to do, of course, with the, the homosexual issue, which seems to be a, a faddish prominence in our day. And, and it was very discouraging to her, and, and as she saw this, and, and, it, and it caused her to, to bemoan what is happening, and I, and I understood that completely. Uh, but at the same time, it was important for me to bring to her attention the fact that while we find that sadness when evil is about, we need to continue to find our encouragement in the righteousness of Jesus Christ we need to be encouraged to know that the gospel still prevails. Uh, and, and this is what the apostle's doing also. He's encouraging the family of faith in the midst of, of the unsettledness of, of unrighteousness and falsehood uh, to find encouragement in the righteousness of God and his Christ and what he's doing for his church. He encourages the family of faith to focus on the truth of what God has done for them, not on the falsehoods of those who would be far removed from God. Remember what the triune God has done for you, which is certainly part and parcel of what we hear in Lord's Day 8 when we speak about the focus on God the Father and, and His uh, creation that way, and, and God the Son and His redemption, and God the Spirit and, and, and His sanctification that He performs. We thank God, says Paul, referred often by Paul as God the Father, for you, because from the beginning God has chosen you to be saved, brothers loved by the Lord, the Lord Jesus, and this through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. You're elected by God the Father. You're loved by the Lord. You're sanctified by the Holy Spirit in order that you might believe in the truth that is the gospel. And, and that's your encouragement. It's God. That's your joy. That's, that's your strength. That's your song. The credit, the glory, the focus is on the triune God. 
We're meant to be encouraged, and we are encouraged when our focus is on God. Paul does not thank the church for her faith. He thanks God for her faith. He doesn't thank the church for her love. He thanks God for the love of the Lord Jesus. He doesn't thank the church for her transformation, her self-transformation. He thanks God for the sanctifying work of the Spirit. He doesn't thank the church for saving herself. He thanks God for that salvation. He doesn't thank the church for the help of sharing in the glory of the Lord Jesus someday, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. He thanks God for that. Psalm 115 would say, Not unto us, O God, not unto us, but to you be the glory for your love and your faithfulness. The focus isn't on us. It's not about us. It's about God. And thank God it is. In our sin and in our unbelief and in our despair, we, we can find something in common. We, we find ourselves focusing on ourselves in those things. And when we wallow in our problems and our weakness and our sins and our needs, we despair and, and, and we sin all the more because the focus is not where the Lord wants our focus to be. Many of you, you know what Hebrews would say about this. Hebrews would say to us that in order for us to run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us, we need to have our spiritual eyes on Jesus. On him who we can't see, who's all our righteousness. And, and not in that earthly sense where we see only with our physical eye the unrighteousness of the world around us. Confession of the church reminds us in response to the word that, that we need to have our spiritual focus on God, the triune God, God in three persons, the blessed Trinity. And it's really no wonder that we forfeit so much peace when we find ourselves focused on ourselves. We forfeit peace when we try to save ourselves or, or think that we can save ourselves, thinking we can make the grade for God. We deceive ourselves, too. We, we forfeit true comfort when we do not give the glory to God for what He alone can do for us and, and not appreciate it to the full. And we will not give that glory if we don't know the salvation that He gives. When our focus is shifted away from the triune God, we despair when we focus our attention on our trouble. We make it God. It's a God that doesn't comfort us. Not, it isn't a God that comforts us. It, it tyrannizes us. And it chews us up. And the joy of life is sucked out. And when we focus on ourselves, we make ourselves God. Not a God that can, can see us through everything but a God that will always disappoint, that will always fall short, that will always have its limits. If I don't focus on God, the triune God, then, then there's so much I don't know. I, I don't know that I'm, I'm made as an image bearer of His. I, I don't know what my life is meant to be and, and how my life can be turned around. We're not focused on God then. 
And we're the lesser for it. We're devoid of the comfort that we need for life and death. And life becomes vanity. And, and it really goes back to, to Lord's day one, doesn't it? My only life, comfort in life and in death is that I'm not my own, but I belong body and soul, life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. The Son sets me free. The, the Son paid for my sins. In Him, the Father watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without His will. In Him, by the Holy Spirit, I am assured of eternal life and I'm equipped to serve my Savior. That's the reality of the believer. The Christian with comforting faith says, this is what's happening to me. This is what has happened to me. And this is what will happen to me. And that's the life in which I live. And it's not because of me. It's because of my God. My comfort's when I'm focused on God. If we have anything but a God-focused faith, we lose focus and we lack the comfort we need. How will we stand firm in that God-focused faith, a faith in the triune God? Our passage says, stand firm in this faith. How do we do it? How does a person believe that, that God is, is one yet three? Well, these questions are answered similarly. Keep praying and stay focused on the word. It's through the gospel word, after all, that God is revealed to us. We don't see God with our naked eye. We see him through faith in his word. We see him as he reveals himself in his word. We, we make that confession, and we don't make that confession by accident, because in passages such as this one that we just read, we see that we are to stand firm in what we have been taught. We're called to stand firm in the apostolic testimony. We need to, to stay in the word, for that is where the truth is found. That's where God reveals himself. That is what we need to believe. And, and in so believing that word, we will continue to find the comfort for our life and the comfort for our faith. For our faith is always founded in the word. We know that from scripture itself, don't we? The, the scriptures were given to us for our encouragement and hopes, as Romans 15, 4. And what is our hope? Our hope is, is that future salvation that we don't yet see, but that we believe because it's been promised by the gospel. It is that word that encourages us in our present salvation, which in turn fuels our hope in our future salvation. Now, people may ask you or me, how can you believe in a God that's one and yet three? And it's because this is how God has revealed himself in his word. Our, our focus on the triune God is fueled by our focus on God's word. Our hope for the future is fueled by a focus on God's word. Our encouragement for today and our calling, like Paul, the, Paul, the Apostle Paul tells us, to stand firm and serve the Lord with what we say and what we do is fueled by a focus on God's word. And when we take our, our focus off of God's word, 
we take our focus off the triune God. But it's that word that, that shapes faith, initiates faith, sustains faith. It's that word that's sufficient for faith. And many don't like a word-focused approach. They say believing in the Trinity is illogical. It's impossible for God to be one and yet three. And they'll say that it'll take more than a focus on the word to, to draw such a firm conclusion and hope. And that, frankly, there is insufficient evidence elsewhere to, to bolster such a faith. And yet the real problem that people have with a focus on the triune God as revealed in God's word is not what's irrational or what's impossible or what's insufficient because all of that's a lie. That focus is not irrational. It's not impossible. It's not insufficient. The real problem is not with quote-unquote evidence because we recognize that God does not do what he does in a corner he does that which can be testified about. It's something that's done in public. The real problem is a sinful heart that would rather live with no comfort in the world than to find one's comfort focused on the triune God revealed in his own word. God's word should always be enough because it's God's word. God's word is trustworthy, which is why it's sufficient to be believed. But, but unbelief considers God a liar and, and unworthy of trust. And as a result, the God of unbelief becomes very small and, and confined to the creation and confined to one's own limited thinking. A God who is limited, a God who needs to be seen to believe, be believed, a God after one's own ima imagination and not a God or a God after, one's, after God's own revelation. The God of unbelief turns the focus away from God and upon oneself. It substitutes the creator with the creature. The God of unbelief calls the shots as to, as to who is God and, and who is not, and, and in the process seeks to be God himself, someone who's here today and gone tomorrow. However, true faith comes to understand that the God on which to focus is not a God that can be traced and, and confined, but a God that's beyond tracing out and unconfined, able to do exceedingly more than all that we can ask or imagine. True faith rests not on an illogical God, not a God of irrationality, but a God that is infinitely stupendous. That's the kind of God that's revealed to us in his word. That's, that's the kind of God we need. We don't need to understand our God completely but we do need to understand him sufficiently and faithfully. You know, enough to, to know that he is truly a God that deserves our reverence and awe. And God provides that sufficiency to us in his word. And we're obliged to believe it. If we want a faith that can comfort us and encourage us. 
And every good work and word, everything that you're doing as this week plays itself out again. As our passage reminds us and teaches us, we thank the Lord for what he's done for us. And we pray that he'll continue to work in us. It's like the psalm that is sung, our God, our help in ages past. And our hope for years to come. That's the God we are called to profess. Our, our thanks are focused on God. Our salvation is focused on God. We, we stay in, a, in the word in order to be focused on God. And our petitions are, are focused on God. So that not only will our, our present faith fuel our hope, but that our hope might fuel our present faith onto a God-focused life in both what we say and do. We pray focused on God so that our living might be focused on God. Just like our faith is to be focused on God. We pray that God will finish in us what he has started in us unto the day of Christ Jesus. And we do that because we can't do it on our own. We can't Focus on ourselves to do it. We, we need to focus on God to do it. And so whether it's our salvation or our sanctification, the focus is on the triune God. Whether it's praising or practice, the focus is on the triune God. Whether it's in good times or bad, yeah, that's tough. But the focus needs to remain on the triune God. And when it comes to a comforting faith, the only way that'll happen, the only way it'll remain, is with a focus on the triune God. Focused on his word. Our strength, our, our encouragement, our, our hope, our peace, our comfort. Our faith, our, our lives, our prayers, our, our reasons for thanks. May they all be focused on God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's respond to the ministry of the word, turning to hymn number five this time. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, and we'll sing all four stanzas.